everybody. Welcome back to Black Belts. Or Bust. I'm Misty. And I'm Keely. Alright, today we are, we're still discussing competition stuff. I feel like this series is never going to end. No. because On top of the fact that we're, <laughs> even once our air quote series ends, it's still a subject that we're going to come back to a lot, or we're yeah. going to talk to people and... I mean, whenever you talk about facets of jiu-jitsu, there's self-defense, competition jiu-jitsu, sport jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. and then the components that go into MMA fighting. Yeah. So it's in combative. So it's you never really get away from it. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about when you should and shouldn't compete. To right? compete or not compete. Because... That is the question. <laughs> I think a lot of people <coughs> go into this... You know what? No, I don't. I what I've seen when it comes to competing in jujitsu. There are some people who try it in their first day. They're like, "Oh yeah, I'd like to compete," mm -hmm. and then there's people who feel like they would never compete. There's going to be people in your gym that will never do a competition. Never. Yeah. They don't want to, and that's okay. Like even if you don't want to compete, that's totally fine. I know our coach is. He's like, if you don't want to compete, he's totally okay with it. Yeah. If you do want to compete, do it. Just, you know, go out there and do your best. And just because you join the gym for one aspect, so I know a lot of ladies you're going to join because you want that self defense aspect. There's nothing wrong with deciding that you want to do more of the sport jujitsu. Mm -hmm. You're still learning things. Now, if I'm going to get attacked in the street, am I going to pull guard on asphalt? Probably not. No. Whereas I might do that in a competition, but. Just because you wanted one thing out of it doesn't mean that you're stuck in that role. Mm -hmm. Or just because you didn't see yourself doing it, don't limit yourself to it. Yeah. But if you really don't want to, know that you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And also know that in the BJJ community, we are very good at guilt tripping our teammates into doing stuff yeah. <laughs> that they don't want to do. Um, I know when I was a white belt towards... Maybe when I was like a three-stripe white belt. Towards the end of being a white belt, I was pressured into competing a lot. Like, yeah. people wanted me to compete. And they kept saying, you need to compete. And I'm like, there's no one my size. I was, And that was the big thing because all the tournaments were local. I didn't think about doing like an IBJJF. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about New Breed. I was like, there's never anybody my size for New Breed. Like, I can't do it because some girl would, sh like, they'd sign up and there'd be no one in their division. So I just didn't do it as a white belt because I didn't feel like I had people to even compete with. So it was like there was no point. And then becoming a blue belt, I knew I wanted to compete. But I was like, okay, if I'm going to compete and have people to compete with, I need to go and do bigger tournaments. Yeah. Local tournaments aren't going to be, you yeah. know, what I, I'm not going to get any competition from a local tournament. Yeah, and I mean, I started competing with, like, two months of experience where it was one of those, like, oh, hey, our entire gym's going, you're going. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I did it is because I was open to it, where it was like, you know, I'm willing to try this new experience, but, and I ended up having a fan attack in, like, the first match. Um, but here's the thing. If you are dead set against it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Competition isn't for any everybody. You know, and especially depending on why you joined the gym, maybe there are certain things where you get very anxious, you have a lot of anxiety, just putting yourself out there like that. Maybe you don't know how you're going to feel in an adrenaline-type situation. Yeah. And if you know your body, 
don't feel like you have to. Mm-hmm. If you are open to the possibility of competing, that's one thing. But if you're like, I don't want to do this, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yeah. that says you have to compete. And you might be a white belt right now and mm-hmm. not want to compete, but, you know, maybe further down the road you decide you want to do it. Like, Claudia Doval. She's a very successful competitor with world titles. Like, I mean, if you follow her on Instagram, she, she's she got medals and medals and medals. She didn't start competing until she was a brown belt. Yeah. So <coughs> some people may not feel, you know, like, okay, don't put that pressure on yourself right now to do it and then wait and do it later on. But, you know, yeah, your teammates will say you should compete. And if they do, honestly... I took it as a more of a compliment because yeah. I felt that I had the ability to do that. But I was like, no, like, this is the issue. You know, I can't do it locally. So yeah. that's why, you know, we end up going to Atlanta or wherever else. And one thing I definitely want to hit on is what kind of teammates are these? The fact that they get you to sign up, but will they also help you get ready for it? Yes. There are so many that are like, oh, you should compete. But then when you're like, Hey, I signed up. I need help. Where are they? Yeah. So feel out your gym environment first. If you have a lot of competitors at your gym, it's not going to be an issue. But if you are one of the only people competing at your gym, you might have a little bit more of a struggle in terms of getting somebody outside of class or being able, actually just being able to meet outside of class. Um, In that case, if once you've decided, hey, I think I might want to compete, you need to talk to your instructor. Or yeah. some of the more experienced people that have competed before. Yeah. Higher belts, people who have competition experience in your instructor. Sometimes you might need to go, I mean, you might need to go cross-train to get ready for competition. Yeah. And like we've talked about before, sometimes the people you cross-train with will end up being opponents, you know, mm-hmm. depending on the tournament and where it's at. But sometimes you may have a really good instructor and really good teammates, but nobody competes. Or you might not have someone around your size and your rank so you need to go get that um, from somewhere else. And I think that's okay as long as it's okay with your professor in your school. There's that. And then also, that. do you have the time to be able to cross-train? Mm-hmm. If you're like, hey, I've got a tournament in two weeks, and you realize, I kind of dropped the ball a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't be competing. Have you had time to be able to cross-train if you need to? Um You'll notice that more experienced competitors can pick up a tournament or a super fight last minute because mm-hmm. they, instead of getting ready, they stay ready. Yes. So that so don't look at them and think, they did that, I can do that. No. Yeah. I know the other day, we actually had a new white belt. It was one of the morning classes, and they came up and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm interested in competing, and I, I've heard of all the women you compete a lot. Yeah? And? Well, I, I'm interested. Is this like a team thing? Do we all go together? What What's up? And I was like, it's very independent driven. How do you feel rolling? Oh, I've never rolled before. <laughs> Step one. If you've never rolled before, competition might not be the thing for you. Yeah. See how you feel when applying the technique first. Mm-hmm. Because trust me, once you get to competition, all of it goes out the window. Yeah. And we have talked previously. There's... You can refer back to other episodes about rule sets, uh, different styles, um, points versus stuff only. Like, all of those we have actually discussed. So, if you're picking up on this, like you're listening to this episode, 
we have discussed yeah this isn't about approaching the competition this is about should you do it should you even do it um and that it's okay if you don't want to yeah are we biased yes yeah if somebody comes up to me and says hey i'm interested in competition my experiences have been positive and i've enjoyed it Mm -hmm. but i also know there are some people that haven't yeah that they didn't like it Mm -hmm. that they had bad experiences and it may, sometimes you're like, it may have just been the situation they were in. It may have been the tournament. It may have been the location. It may have been their environment. Yeah. But it happens. Yeah. And you've got to figure that out for yourself. Sometimes, you know, I think there are some people who are like, I don't like the perform. Like, I get performance anxiety. Um, I don't feel like, you know, I'm enjoying jujitsu if I'm trying to constantly prepare for mm-hmm. competitions. Because sometimes... You burn out. Well, you burn out and you start questioning why you're even doing this. Big people who compete, and I mean, I can also say that for myself too, where I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Or you, you know, you start feeling badly about yourself. You're getting your ass kicked. And then there are things that bring you back to it. So you really have to figure out what your own personal goals are. I think that's a big part of it. Like, what is your goal? And will and will competing too. add to that? Because mm-hmm. I know sometimes, like you know, right now I'm working my ass off, but I'm still losing. Yeah. So you go into the mindset of why am I still competing if I'm losing? So you're you're in this kind of limbo where it's do I keep do I push myself through this rut that I'm in until I do achieve the results I want, mm-hmm. or do I need to take a step back and work on some things before going back into it? So it's you, te- you it's like a teeter-totter. Yeah. And I, think, I, I know some people, they think, oh, if I lose, I don't want to do it again. Maybe it was just yeah. because you couldn't handle the loss rather than you shouldn't have competed. Yeah. Those are definitely things to question. I think you bring up a very important thing, um, especially, I think, for lower ranks, because you have that experience where you're like, I'm working my ass off. I'm going out. I'm not getting my wins. Yeah. That can be very discouraging in general for anybody. And for me, what I wanted to do for this year before COVID, I wanted to lose as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I wanted this to be the year where I was going out, getting my ass kicked, really refining my game, figuring out where I was good, and I haven't been able to do that because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that set me back a little bit. But my mindset going into this year and even staying within that mindset as a blue belt to say, okay, I have to take as many losses as possible because I'm going to learn from those losses. Okay. And then we can also look at when you compete, I think even if you're taking a bunch of losses – what you end up doing is every time you have a loss, and I'm speaking from personal experience for me, um, what caused that loss? And not making excuses to be like, you know what, it was just a, mm-hmm. a bad day. Like, it was just a, a bad day. It's a it, factor. It's a factor, but let's say, no, my technique was incorrect here. I didn't mm-hmm. have, let's talk about the underhook, when I missed the underhook, and I'm like, I will never not pass a guard without getting that underhook first. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get an underhook, I will fight you till I get that underhook now. But every time you take a loss, you're figuring out, okay, what was the reasoning for that loss besides, it was just a bad day. No, like, what made the other person's technique better? Yeah. Where did your technique fail? And then also, are you doing too much? Are you Mm -hmm. doing too little? Are you not focused enough? Because... 
everyone isn't going to win all the time. And honestly, the sooner you lose, the better. I'm this way about so many different facets of life. For example, like in academia, if you've never gotten a C before, like yeah. it shouldn't be your senior year you finally get a C and then you're flipping out. Yeah. You know, we all need to hit a roadblock. We all mm-hmm. need to have a bad loss. We need that to develop. Oh, yeah. There's That's so the much, only way. There's so much growth in losing, I think. Like, I, I think. But you do have to get out of your own head. You do have to be willing to train hard because even if you win let's say you do win there are some things that you won by that was like the smallest smallest thing so you have to figure out what could I have done better because Mm -hmm. you take that back in the gym yeah and I think that's very important so when you talk about should you compete or should you just not compete you have to understand your own personal mindset when it comes to winning and losing and how that's going to further help you with jiu-jitsu. Because even people who compete, even if you lose, you're still going to progress. Yeah. Because you're going up against other people who are within your same... Like, if you're doing a weight division, you're going up against people who are similar in body size and strength and rank. Right. Where do you fit within that area? Because you might be a brand new blue belt going up against a blue belt who's getting a purple belt tomorrow. Yeah. Like, what happened to me? (laughs) But you can see where you need to grow. And if you take that and say, okay, what can I take from this and move on? What can Mm -hmm. I take back into the gym? I think that's really important. Um, So when you think about rank as well, sometimes that's going to push you in a, a, I guess, not in a faster direction. But it it reaffirms where you're at. I get where you're, I get exactly where you're coming from because I know, like, I got my blue belt. And I immediately was in imposter syndrome. I mean, I'm in imposter syndrome a lot. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I was like, there's no way I'm a blue belt yet. Seven days later, I had my first blue belt competition. And I hung in there. And I got second. And the girl that beat me got her purple belt the next day. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it was like, you know, you stuck in there with someone. And like now she's a brown belt. So it's like, you, you hung in there. That proves that you are what you thought you were, Mm -hmm. that you could hang. It wasn't like I was completely demolished. And it was only through competition that I realized, maybe I am here. Because not, like, I know a big part is your instructor knows more than you do. Yeah. About whether you are or not a certain rank or at a certain level. But for me personally, in terms of growth, it was being able to put myself out there to see, do I actually know the technique? Do I actually know what's going on? And am I actually at this rank that I think I am? Especially Mm -hmm. since there's not a lot of women at my weight around me. And you've experienced this too. So it's not like you have somebody that you can immediately gauge yourself with. Yeah. Like that you started with that is the same size that like is handling everything the same way. Because even people I've been able to train with that are my same size, they're not my rank. Right. They're either upper or they're going to be brand new white belt. And it's still harder to gauge where I'm at. Or, you know, we've talked about sometimes you have those people who are within your weight range. They're still within your rank, but you don't vibe with them. Or maybe you don't get to train with them as often as you Mm -hmm. want to. So they might be at a different gym, which is why, you know, we tend to cross-train. Or even, you know, our aspect is we want to do competition jiu-jitsu. We want to do sport jiu-jitsu. If somebody is the same rank as I am, they might just be focusing. They might not compete ever. Mm-hmm. So our goals and how we approach jujitsu could be different, but yeah. we could both be at the same level, understand everything the same, but how we perform is different. Yeah. So 
with that being said, you know, should you or should you not compete, are you willing to put in, and this is why I'm following up with this, is are you willing to put in the work to compete? Mm -hmm. There is a different training process. Like, we all walk into the gym for one of our classes. You've got people who want to compete. You've got hobbyists. That social hour. You've got people who are there because, you know, they can socialize with other adults. Um, Some, it's just stress relief that they don't yeah. focus more on the technique so much as they just want to do something. They want to put their body on autopilot just so that they can have a relief from the yeah. rest of their day. It's some skill development. You know, this is something, well, that goes into being a hobbyist. But, you know, we're all there for different reasons. But when you go into the gym and you're there with competitors or you go to a competition training class, all of these people are really super goalie oriented and we goalie ch- goalie <laughs> uh, they have this one goal in mind so are you willing to put in that work because when it comes to competition what you have to do is you can have a level of ego because we talked about this with david david said you can have a very healthy ego you need something to drive you back it up to win yeah but you also have to be willing to set aside I have to win every role. So if you have people in there who are either progressing quicker because they are doing competitions or, you know, they're ranking faster or you see them with this this win where they post a picture and they've mm-hmm. got a medal and they're just like, I'm so proud of myself. There is a grind that takes place and it's not just showing up for class times. And yeah. I, I talked to David about this. I'm like, people don't see when you're not when you're there, not in a classroom, when you're right. showing up with the training partner and you're like, Hey, we're going to do set a timer. Let's do some specific training. I've got to drill this a hundred times. Um, I have to drill positions. I don't like being in. Mm-hmm. I like, you have to tell yourself that where you're like, we're going to start with me in an arm bar. I want you to arm bar me. And so you're yeah. getting arm barred like you. And you're like when crying. You have, like the days that yeah. I need where it's like, I need you to put me in this really bad position, like this bad position so, where the submission is on the fence. Yes. And like, for example, for the NFC Purple Haze, yes. I had Craig put me in a triangle for an hour straight, and that happened three times a week. Mm-hmm. And I would literally get in my vehicle, well, my rental, because I still don't have a vehicle, <laughs> and cry. Yeah. There were a couple of times, like, David would see me just laying on the mat, and he'd come over, and he'd be like, well, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel like I don't know jujitsu. Yeah. Like, breaking myself down yeah and you hit the nail on the head because some people that come in and they want to compete the reason they want to compete is they see your teammates win Mm -hmm. and they're like oh well my teammates are winning obviously I can win but they don't see everything you're doing like we actually had a uh, somebody go up to our coach and say well you know they never train anymore and it was a period of time in which we were going outside of class getting all of our work in and doing very specific training. Yeah. But apparently, unless we either posted on social media that we trained, or we were in a class where they could observe us, apparently we weren't training at all. Yeah. And Who cares? Our schedules are off because here's the thing. You and I do so many things outside of jiu-jitsu, but we, like you, we were, we've been working at your house where mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we're going to do specific training. I've got to work passing. Like... We're forcing ourselves to do gi and no gi. And it's not all these fun sweeps where you're sweeping your friends and coming Mm -hmm. up on top. It's, no, I need you to get me as close to this submission as possible and I have to get out. I need you to be suffocating me in mount. (coughs) 
I need to get out. Mm -hmm. So we're doing those things, and that is the grind that people don't see. On top of that, you can win, lose a match because your strength and conditioning's off. Yeah. You can drill and you can drill, but if you cannot have your, if your <coughs> cardio's not up to where it needs to be, or, you know, when you're, for example, for me passing, right? I don't, lo I don't straighten my arm out like I like should. Like your post arm. Yeah. yeah, like you, you guys have pointed out a lot where you're like, you need to post that arm. And I noticed it's been like weaker and bent. I want to start doing things to strengthening my arm so when I'm passing, I can keep that arm posted well enough. Like, it's stuff like that that we're doing. It's taking notes. It's studying matches. When you, studying your own yeah, matches. Yeah, where instead of, like, you know, watching a new series on Netflix, you're pulling up competitions on YouTube, and you're watching them over and over again. You're watching your own matches. You have to see your loss that you've done a hundred times so you say, Okay, this is where I messed up. I messed up here. I messed up here. Mm -hmm. or, you, the, or the communication with upper ranks. So it's like you and I will roll together. And it, for example, like one, some days you're really on top of your Kimuras. Mm -hmm. No, some days I must do. But some days more than others mm -hmm. where I'll ask you and be like, okay, what did you see or was I giving you mm -hmm. that lets you know to attack this? So, like, how was I exposing myself? In what way? Because sometimes you realize you may have just have a bad habit. And by fixing that habit and by talking with you, then I'm able to address it. Or, yeah. or be more mindful of it. Where all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, like, on this side, like, say you got the left side a lot. Well, I know that that's one of my bad shoulders. Like, well, mm -hmm. one of my bad. Now I have two bad shoulders. Um, but I used to flare out. And that's when you would be able to attack it. And it wasn't until you were like, actually, you flare your elbow a little bit. That I was able to really think about that and now I don't get attacked as much. Mm -hmm. So some of it could be mindfulness when you're rolling with other students and communicating with them to figure out, okay, what am I doing that I fuck up? Yeah. And as a white belt, it's a lot. So try to focus on one thing so it's yeah. not so overwhelming. Yeah. And because all of these things do go into preparing to compete. Like you're taking this collective of, okay, I've got to do these things and... That's why I think when it talks, when you talk about the grind and the hard work, it's like you've got to take all these other aspects with mm -hmm. it. You know, I'm going to show up to class because I'm going to, David's going to show a technique. This may be a technique I've done a million times, but it's part of my A game. That's my bread and butter, or it's something new, or it's something I do do, but he shows a detail that changes it completely. Yep. So you still show up for those regular classes, but then it's, okay, we need to set some time to go over, you know, competing or, you know, like you and I went and we've been cross training in Spartanburg and we've been getting our asses kicked. I feel like the worst person in that room. And I know you have also felt the same way. Oh, yeah. No, it's not true. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. No, it was true. We individually it was true. feel like we are the worst people who are in that room, but that is such a good thing for us. Like it is my because the only is, way you can go is up good. at that point. Yeah, I I really appreciate. It. So one of the coaches there and instructor is CJ Murdoch. He's a black belt in Spartanburg. He's one of the three black belts that they have at that location. And before we're about to have a hard training session, especially whenever we kind of stop in, we've done ladies class with Caitlin, and then his class is following. He's like, who's the? He asks us. He's like, who is the most important person in the room? And he doesn't say, like, the week is like, yeah. but he's just like, 
the newest white belt, the uh-huh. least experienced person. He's like, that is the most important person in the room because you have to push them and make sure that they're getting as much out of this as you are. And yeah. that you're not the most tired person. You're not the most injured person. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not all of these things that you think you are that you make excuses for yourself. And so and it's not taking legitimacy out of like if you're injured and stuff like that. But it's keeping in mind of in the real world no one cares. Yeah. So it's it's bringing all of that back and that's another reason why just because you think oh I, I want to do sport jiu-jitsu I want to do competition you're not taking away from any of the other brilliant facets of jiu-jitsu. No. It's all of it goes together. Um I know one thing I wanted to hit on is that some people want to compete only because they're like, well, competitors get promoted faster. All right. Well, the reason being that you notice it isn't because they compete. It's not, oh, well, their coach's favorite. They win all these medals. They're going to get promoted. No, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Some gyms may be like that. I don't know. You know? And some gyms will make you, they'll give you higher expectations because you are a competitor. Exactly. But the biggest reason that competitors seem to progress more readily than other students that are doing it just for a hobby is that they roll with intention. They train with a purpose because they don't just exist. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't just go through the motions of the class. They think of what techniques do I need to work on? How do I be more well-rounded? How do I work on this game? How do I work on this technique? Why I got submitted by this last time? How do I defend this and escape this? They're working on their technique so that they don't screw up and so that they can continue to compete and Mm -hmm. continue to win. They're, and like I've said before, they're grinding in a way that other people aren't. Like if you are a hobbyist, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like here's the thing, there is nothing wrong for coming in and showing up and just being there, you know, and hanging out with, like, your, your, your gym friends and your jiu-jitsu family. There is nothing wrong with that. And that's why we're talking about, you know, should you or shouldn't you compete. The thing is, with competitors, their training is different. So we, that's what we're trying to reinforce is, like, let's say you, if you train with me and Keely, and you see me and Keely partner up and we're drilling... And maybe we're doing something different with our drills or whatever it is. Like, me and Keely may have a tournament or Keely might have a super fight. She might have something where what we do and we ask our instructor if we can do this before is usually like, hey, can I work on this? Because he knows we've got a competition coming up. So sometimes it's a little bit different, but the grind is different as well. And the intentions are different in class. So let's say... If I'm put in a rolling group or a specific training group of me and white belts, maybe new white belts, I may be working on my least skilled technique, the technique I am the worst at. Mm -hmm. Yes, I could spend that whole hour tapping every single person in there, sweeping you all, whatever, passing your guard. But that gives me an opportunity to strengthen where my weaknesses are. Yeah. So if you're passing a new guard I just learned, oh, well, I just, I just learned it. Like, I'm not good at it. But that's what we're, you know, what our intentions are and what we're doing. And so you have to ask yourself when you want to, if you're like, okay, I see some of my teammates winning. I see how happy they are. I see the progression they're making. I see, you know, how they're going up in rank quicker. 
that's because of competition and what are you willing to do to get to that place because mm-hmm. David and I have talked about this you know we've had people we've seen people where they're like I'm just gonna sign up for the competition because I think I can do it that or all of a sudden it'll be like the day before the competition they're like oh yeah I'm signed up and you're like I've had zero clue you're by yourself so now I'm trying to change my plans because I hate and I, I truly mean this to know that somebody is by themselves when they didn't have to be mm-hmm. when it's like if you would have told me and like to begin with I would be going with you yeah. I would I would travel with you like uh, when I first was at ECMMA when I first moved here I had a super fight for submission hunter pro man that was a throwback uh, it was like two years ago and when I first got there I told them because I had been there for like a month and I was like oh yeah I've got a super fight and they were like well who's who's going with you I was just like myself it was like a seven-hour drive. Yeah. And they were like, no, you, you're going to have somebody go with you. And they figured out. And then Charlesy was available. So she she drove down with me. And it was one of those, like, we didn't really know each other. But they had the mindset of, you're not going by yourself. Yeah. And it, looking back on it, it was a joyous experience. Not because I lost. Because, you know, that sucked. Um, it, but I learned a lot. And I also knew somebody is there for me. Mm-hmm. Even if the, the overall experience wasn't great, it was nice knowing I had somebody in my corner. Yeah. So, if you are going to compete, don't keep it a secret. Yeah, that, and then we... Even if it's a personal thing. There's a, someone at our gym, he's, he'll compete, and he's like, yeah, I signed up for this competition, just go and do it. And it's like, he's so athletic. I'm talking about David. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I'm going to do this competition, I'm going to do this competition. Oh, yeah, I'm no. Like, what? No, it was literally, he was like, I think I'm going to do pans. We were like, where the fuck did this come yeah, from? Yeah, or he's like, I'm doing a, a competition this, this week. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm just going down there and doing the competition. So there are some people who are just like like that, where they're like, yeah, I signed up to compete. I'm going to go do this. And, See, and I can handle that, too, where yeah. I'm just like, I mean, I'll go by myself if I have to. It's not a big deal. Yeah, but, but sometimes if it's your first competition, your first tournament, you're feeling nervous, like, I think you... Let people know, obviously, like, your instructor now, your professor, and, you know, so they're, pro- like, they know. Um, and can help you prepare and can yeah. help, can direct you. Yeah. Their guidance is great. But I think the big thing is you <coughs> have to be real with yourself. Like, because if you know you love jujitsu and you're doing something to step out of your comfort zone, like, competing, be very real with yourself as far as like mindset goes. Can mm-hmm. I handle if I lose? Can I handle it? Because winning's great. We all want to win, but we all but cannot win. But only one person's going to win gold medal. Yeah. And then how are you going to handle that loss and take that back into the gym if you do lose? Um, are you willing to train and gr- and do the grinding? You know, are you, you've got to just be real with yourself because. I, I think and and know with, that and know that you're you're doing it for the right reason. Yeah. Is it adding value to your jujitsu experience? If it mm-hmm. isn't, then don't. Yeah. If you're on the fence, go observe one, see what the community is like, see what the environment is like before you make a decision. If you're kind of on the fence, yeah. do you know what? And, and are that, you open minded to it? That reminds me, if you want to compete, but let's say you got a tournament coming up in three months, maybe skip this tournament. And if you've never seen a jujitsu competition. Go and watch and cheer for your teammates because literally what I am saying is what our coaches tell, our coach mm-hmm. tells people. He's like, his spiel is, I don't care if you want to compete. If you never want to compete, I do not care. Mm-hmm. If you do want to compete, I just want you to work hard and do your best. I don't care if you win or lose. 
But <coughs> if you want to compete and you haven't seen a jiu-jitsu competition, maybe go to this, this local one. one this one. Watch, cheer for your teammates, see if that's something you want to do. Because he, he'll even say, he's like, you'll get to see people that are the same size compete. He's like, you'll get to see people that are your size doing this. So sometimes, you know, if you're like, I don't know if I could compete because you're getting your ass kicked in the gym because you're the smallest. Mm. You know, but then you go and you see two people do this, and you're like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, okay. And then try it out. But I think that's really, those are the things I wanted to talk about when it's like should I compete or should I not compete I want to get on my have? I want to get on my soapbox for a minute you actually it's more like a tissue seat. box I apologize so much I'm so congested from the weather change right now they're probably we probably have like COVID phobia going on they're like yeah. huge coughing in the but background. we have really bad ragweed in our area so if you say you want to compete you have a time frame before you're just going to start pissing some people off and I mean this lovingly in that do not come to me and say, hey, I want to compete. 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 And I go, here's the tournament. Here's the tournament. Here's the time to get ready. I'm going to show up for you. You show up for me. I'm, I'm going to be here. This is, and we help you plan to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay. The next tournament comes up. Hey, you said you wanted to compete. Here's one in the backyard. You can volunteer. If it's money, we can help you. We can fundraise for you. We can get you to do this tournament. No, I don't think I'm going to do it. If you continuously say, I want to compete, and then the opportunities have been given to you, the teammates are there to help support you. They are showing up irrespective of if you are or not. I know I've told multiple people, I'm there in the morning. If you need to train to get ready, I will stay after for you. I will show up earlier for you. Mm -hmm. But you got to show up. Hey, where were you? Oh, I just I had other stuff. And you talked to them, and it wasn't another priority. So be mindful that whenever you're telling people, hey, I want to compete, piss or get off the pot. Yeah. Like, I understand some people aren't going to compete early on. Some people may take a, a belt rank off to compete or not because of other things going on in the world. I'm not saying don't prioritize other things in your life. Yes. But I'm saying if you truly want to com compete, you truly want to do a tournament, do it. Yeah. Set a goal. Don't just have this little daydream and don't waste your partner's times. Yeah. Because it's very disheartening for somebody to come to me and say they want to compete and I put in more than they will. Mm -hmm. It's very disheartening. Or when they say, oh, I have a competition come up, and it's like, what have you been doing to get ready? Well, nothing. It hurts knowing how much time and effort I'm busting my ass over here to compete, and you're just walking around, like, sniffing daisies. You know, it's, it, it, it's be mindful. Yeah. I'm not saying if you have stuff come up not to do it, because, you know, we have injuries come up. We have family problems. We have pandemics where we're like, I can't handle this right now. Mm -hmm. I still want to do it. I just can't handle it right now. I'm not saying that. But you have to be real with yourself. And this is something that, you know, I also talk about. You have to be real with yourself. Because if you're not willing to do all that, then my thing is like, okay, then shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The you may feel like, reason... oh, Misty's a bitch, but I'm no, like, no, no. I've got, I, I, I've seen what, like, okay, I've been doing jujitsu for two and a half years. Yes, that is a small amount of time. 
But two and a half years, you can still see a lot. And you see yeah. things that go on in competition or things that go on in and out of the gym. Um, For me, it's whenever somebody comes in, like their shit don't stink, and they are the end-all, be-all. And they think that they are amazing. And they're like, oh, well, you know, if I competed, I'd be winning everything. Like, that's the kind of person I'm talking about. Yeah. Or where they just keep saying, oh, I'm going to compete. And they talk a big game. And you call them out on it. And they can't give you a legitimate reason. Or, you know, they see Misty and I winning or losing. Me, mainly losing. But, but you're still putting they see us competing. And, and they think, oh, I can do that. And they think they can beat up on us in the gym, but then they won't put themselves out there. Or all of these, okay, I'm small blurb, we're going to have a conversation about this, but all of these women that say they want opportunities, that they want to be treated like the men, they want to be on the cards, they want to win the money, they want to do all the shit, and they don't show up. Yep. And yes, that is me getting... I'm getting worked up about well, it because no, it's been happening. Here's the thing. It has been happening, and we are going to do... We will actually have a legitimate episode because we want to bring on an MMA fighter and a coach to talk about these things because my thing with competition and women is I don't want the kumbaya shit in jiu-jitsu anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it because yeah. people will talk kumbaya bullshit and then... It, they or they they'll do that. They want to have a very competitive attitude with people within the gym, and they're not willing to go and put themselves out there and compete. I have gotten so sick of seeing that shit, or all over social media where it's, "Hey, I wish I was competing right now." You know, there's a pandemic, but I wish I was competing. That's really convenient that you now want to compete, and we're in but a we can't. global pandemic, and you can't. But, hey, pans just, it's happening, you know. There are going to be big tournaments coming up. There you go. There's your competition. Hey, yeah. we need people for super fights. Yeah, let's show up. Crickets, or they drop out. And that's the big part where, you know, if we go back, because this is what the episode is, is should you or should you not compete. Be fucking real with yourself. And understand where your mindset is because, like I said, we all want to fucking win. Only one person can win. That's that competition, mm-hmm. that moment, that day. There are more competitions. There are more tournaments. Get your ass kicked. Take your losses. Go back in the gym and work hard. But what me and Keely are really wanting to radiate because, like, we've talked about this a lot, is you will see me and Keely either in class or you don't see us, but we're still grinding. Yeah. You may not see us during class time, but I can guarantee we were either there earlier that day or going to be there later that day, or we were at home drilling. Or cross-training. Cross, yeah, we might be at a different gym cross-training yeah, and getting You may just not see us kick. because like, we're somewhere else. But my goal isn't to let my teammates just see all my, my glory and my grind. I don't give a shit. Like, I really don't. I'm competing because I want to grow within the sport, and I, I do have big goals, but we also want people to show up for each other or when we had like like not only show up for your teammates show up for your competitors but mainly show up for yourself yeah and you know if in terms of competing it's not even about the win or loss it's about the experience for you then then that's what you should do yeah so it's it's being open-minded 
And, you know, there are other things to consider that we're not going to get into today. For example, like, for me, I'm in a rut. So should I continue competing as much right now or maybe take some time off to give myself a mental break? Or, you know, was in the car accident, have injuries. Should I have jumped into competition so soon? If you ask David, that's a no. Yeah. <laughs> but those are things to consider for but families. There is some, should you have taken time off? There is something I'm going to point out with that too because even though you're trying to take these competition opportunities and you're still questioning it, what you are still doing is you're still staying ready. And what yeah. staying ready does for you personally that keeps you in the gym, that keeps you training, that keeps you studying matches, that that's allowing you to still progress and, you know, make those goals. And so for people who don't compete or within the gym, they don't – or even if it's a white belt and they're like, I don't understand how this is going and not in one of those ways where you're like, I don't understand why they're doing it. They don't do this. Maybe you're just like, how are you doing it? That's yeah. how. I mean, like, you you know, you've talked about, there are competitors with world titles that have taken their losses, too. Yeah. I mean, something that I, one match that always stay, stays, sticks out to me is this last ADCC with Fionn Davies and Bia Mosquita. Mm-hmm. Fionn armbarred Bia, and that was a big, was a big upset. Di- yeah. yeah, it was a big upset, but on the like on the same page for me, looking at two women I both res- highly respect in this sport and admire, it was a beautiful match. It was a beautiful submission. Fionn worked her ass off to get that sub. You know, it was that's what happened in a competition. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was a big upset, but it was like, well, Fionn deserved it. <laughs> she on, got it. And on that note. When women are able to call out other women and the matches actually happen. So the one I think about is Elizabeth Clay and Gabby Garcia. Mm-hmm. You know, Elizabeth Clay, she's been known as, like, the black belt killer. Like, black yeah. belt hunter, and she's only a brown belt. And in one of her last matches, she had called out Gabby Garcia, and Gabby accepted it. Uh-huh. You know, it wasn't even the fact, like, how the match went, how you feel about the match. I don't care. You know, we all have our personal feelings about who, who won. But the fact that they showed up for each other. Mm-hmm. That's all we're asking. Well, and one thing is show up for your opponent too. Yeah, Gabby does. I know now we're getting into like this, but Gabby always raises like when Gabby wins because Gabby wins. She's mm-hmm. just she's Gabby, so she will always raise the hand. Like after they've raised her hand, she'll always hold the hand of her competitor mm-hmm. and raise her hand too because she. I know Gabby knows how hard it would be to take a match with her. <laughs> like you yeah. know what I mean? I think, yeah. I can imagine that she knows what that's like. And when you see high-level competitors in even, like, women, when I look at the sportsmanship, I see the respect for each other. I see that there is respect. And, yeah, sometimes competitors will shit talk. I don't see it as much with women as I do the guys. Yeah. Because high-level competitor guys do Well, there's more of them. And that's their persona. But with the women... (laughs) You watch these high-level competitions, and you see them do this jujitsu, and it's beautiful. Yeah, you can be upset because the other person won, but when you're seeing two people who really put in the work, and then one of them wins, it's like the sportsmanship that there that's there is for me is that's what I respect the most about what they're doing. Yeah, does that make sense? It does. So we're talking about going back into this is showing up for your competitors and doing this because it's like yeah we do this and I've said this before when I go compete after competing the first time I was like wow it really wasn't about who my opponents were or what they were doing it was about me and what I was able to do and not in this selfish way where I'm like no it's about me I mean like 
wow, I messed up. This is about what I'm able to do. Okay, so now when I compete, I don't look up my opponents. You know, even if they have rank on their belt, I ignore it, you know. And I saw that when we went to Jacksonville where I was like, you know what? They want me to come compete in their division. They're respecting that I don't have other people. And even though some of them had stripes on my belt and they were over 20 pounds heavier than me, I was like, okay, like this is like this is I can do it's, this. It's a wonderful camaraderie between competitors. <laughs> and so yeah, you've got to understand that too. Like if you're willing to compete, are you also willing to have that sportsmanship? Are you willing to show up for those competitors? Are you willing to show up for the other competitors in your gym if you want to get yourself to that level? Where you understand, hey, they need to do work this. Am I willing to sacrifice that to allow them the growth? And in terms of competition, it's not always about you, buddy. So, for example, all of us, 10 teammates, hey, we're all going to do this tournament together. It's going to be great. I'm the one female, right? Mm-hmm. By week of, all the guys have a bracket. I still don't. Do you go or not? Well, you still go. Mm-hmm. You've you've trained with these guys. You've helped them get ready. They've helped you get ready. Who knows? You might you might show up and they're like, hey, we've got somebody. Can you fill in a bracket? You don't know. Yeah. Always be ready. Well, and I love oh, I love going to watch jiu-jitsu competitions because I always get like nervous for everybody too. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so nervous. Oh, but, I like, hate watching more than I hate competing. <laughs> Sometimes it like stresses you out, but. Like you said, but it's also so helped, exciting too. When you've helped people get ready for a competition, and, and I know I'm like bringing it back, but when you help someone get ready for a competition and watch them compete, where you've seen them put in the work, you want to go out there and see them do that. You know, you want to see you them reap be, the reward. Yeah. Or like for example, like if I'm working with a white belt guy and I have beaten the shit out of you for weeks, I expect you to go dominate. Yeah. And where, especially if it's something that I've done to you. I, I like get on the edge of my seat where I'm like, you know this, you know this, you know this. Or like when we're coaching, like half the time, like if I'm coaching or something like that. And I think of Matt here recently at one of the new breed competitions yeah. where I was yelling at him and I was thinking, I do this to you. I was like, what do I do to you? And like how you're supposed to respond. But it's, it's hard for us to reel it back, especially for example, Hoffa. Hoffa loves coaching and he gets a little overzealous whenever he's yeah. coaching because he gets so excited for you, not only because mm-hmm. you're doing jujitsu, but because he knows the capabilities you have to do jujitsu. Yeah. So even if it comes to competing and you don't want to do it, I think it will be beneficial for your own personal jujitsu and growth to help the competitors in your gym get ready for competition. One, because you're help, you're you're still putting in the work when you help someone else work. You're getting an insight as to what yeah. it's going to take. On top of that. You know, going, if it's local, if it's a local tournament or competition or super fight, go um, support, you know, that's part of it because you're still a team. Like, the people that you are in the gym with, they're still your teammates, whether or not you go once a week and you're a hobbyist and they're a competitor. That's still your teammate. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day. You're still under this umbrella of your academy. Yeah, you're a team. You're a team. Um. So those are things that I wanted to talk about because I know me and Keely have just been like on this where it's stre- it's not stressful, but on some level, like we've had to be very real with each other. And I'm like, if people were going to ask me these things in the gym, this is everything that we talked about. This is what we would tell them. Yeah. Well, and it's, we always promote so much of like, yeah, you should compete. 
keeping in mind that, you know, sometimes just don't compete. And mm-hmm. there are some other things that we can talk about in other episodes. But also, not only, like, should you compete or not. I know at one point we I got on my soapbox in terms of showing up for one another. And it's not that we're trying to bitch about it. It's that some of these things have really set heavy on our heart. And this is their, our outlet to be able to talk about it. And you might yeah. have the same experience. So just because of what's presented on social media may not be the case in every single gym. Yeah. So just because you see, for example, like if you're in a bunch of like women's Facebook groups and you see some of these instances, know that that's not the collective. Yeah. That that might just be that situation. Well, and I, one thing I do want to say before we end is some of the people in jiu-jitsu that I've gotten along with the most have been people who compete. Yeah. And as far as other women, it's other women who compete in their gyms because... Uh, we interviewed Kelsey, you know, and I follow Kelsey on social media, and I'm like, oh my god, like, if I ever had to be in, like, an open class with her or her sister, I'm like, it would be awesome and terrifying at the same time. Like, I told her this, I was like, it would be an honor and terrifying at the same time to be in one of your triangles, but when I look at other women who compete, I also see them putting in the grind, and somehow you have a little bit more camaraderie. I think there is a, a healthy level of competition, but I do think there's a like-mindedness. There's like a like-mindedness, The goals yes. that you're oriented towards. Yeah. Um, and that might not be for all of us, but I do, like, on some level, I'm like, I've gotten along the most with other people who, who compete yeah. in the sport um, as far as, like, other women. but Especially for competitors, we're all a little sadistic in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.